You're listening to Live 360 with Tony Sutherland, and this is episode 34. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. You know, I've been tallying up the amount of weeks. This is episode 34. That means 34 weeks ago we launched this podcast. That's almost nine months. And, you know, it takes nine months to birth something. And we believe that this podcast, all of these episodes have just been the beginning of where we're going and how that we can further help you and encourage you where you are. This has been an incredible nine months, but it's been a difficult nine months for many. And I'm just glad that that I've been able to bring you this content to help encourage you and help motivate you and inspire you each and every week. Um, we've got a lot more to come. The best is yet to come. In fact, so much so that we're going to take a break in December. We're going to take a break all through the whole month. Just recalibrate, refresh, kind of gear up for season two of our podcast. And I've been debating whether I'll continue Live 360 or I will just go with a relaunch. I'm going to continue to bring you podcasts. Tony Sutherland is going to continue to bring you podcasts no matter what the show is called or whether what the format is called. But I've got a lot more to come. Really excited about some things that I'm projecting ahead for our content. Um, We've also, you know, fully launched our YouTube channel. Really excited about that. Our YouTube channel focuses primarily on the gospel of grace. And everything we bring here is absolutely fundamentally founded upon the gospel of grace. We delve into many different topics, though, on our podcast, leadership, marriage, relationships, um, just overall life aspects and things that can help you how to discover and hold on to peace and joy in every area of your life. And uh, so we may stay with Live 360, but in order to do that, we want to hear from you. Will you please leave us a review so that we can find out what you think, what your thoughts are, and, you know, again, helping to continue to keep this content in the forefront. Uh, You know, when you go into a Barnes and Nobles, there's tons of books everywhere. It's almost like, you know, you think to yourself, why write a book? How am I going to ever make an impact or a dent in the world around me. And that's the way podcasts are. There's thousands of them out there. And I'm so thankful for those of you who have listened. We've really, we've cleared thousands of listens. Um, And when I say thousands, like not just a thousand, but thousands of listens, thousands of plays on our podcast. And I'm so grateful to all of you who have done that. I've been reading your reviews. Thank you so much for all the comments you've made. And uh, again, we want to know how we're making an impact in your life. So today, we're going to take a one-part look at embracing uncertainty. Embracing uncertainty. And man, there's a lot of uncertainty going on around us. Oh my goodness. Can you believe what we've encountered this year? Uh, Politically, racial tensions, economic setbacks physical sickness, discouragement, depression, anxiety. It's at an all-time high. And as we look at the months ahead, we just had a new election here in our country. 
there's some uncertainty. Some people are afraid. Some people are nervous. And some people are angry. Some people are unsettled. And so today's episode, Embracing Uncertainty, I believe is going to help you. And some of you are on the brink of making decisions. You've been, you've been backed against a wall with a lot that's happened this past year. And some of you are faced with some real uncertainty and you're having to make some decisions based on career, ministry, uh, family situations, schooling, college. You know, um, I have talked with a lot of people who've lost almost half of their income this year and they've had to make some decisions, some hard decisions about where they're going. So I want to help you today with this episode about embracing uncertainty. And I'm going to tell you, Uh, there's a phrase that my mom used to uh, say a lot. She sang it in a song and it's, I don't know who holds tomorrow, but I know who holds my hand. And I want to remind you that God is with you. He's right there beside you. And I pray that these points that I share with you today are going to help you to embrace uncertainty, not be afraid of it and not uh, be stressed out or depressed or fearful of of uncertainty, but to embrace it. God, whatever I'm coming into, even though I don't know what tomorrow holds, I know that you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Isaiah 41 and 10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will strengthen you. God never leaves us at the brink of uncertainty and drops us off and says, all right, go out there and make it. I'll see you on the other side. No, he's with us at all times. He never abandons us. He never disappears. He never leaves us alone. And even though we're uncertain, we know who holds us. And I believe this is really going to help you today. So let's talk about embracing uncertainty. Now, what I'm about to share with you today is something that I didn't just make up. I actually have used this, and I did make it up, but it's not just something cute or clever. It's something that I actually have through seasons of my life had to walk through in which I've been able to embrace uncertainty and to and to be able to work my way through it. I don't think that all of our life needs to be uncertain. At some point, we're going to have to make a decision. We're going to have to say yes to something and no to something. And in doing that, I've just learned some things. And I think this is really going to help. Now, you got to understand that wisdom, wisdom doesn't just come from books. Real wisdom doesn't just come from what I'm saying to you. I'm sharing wisdom with you. But I'm not, I'm not able to help you gather wisdom for your own life. I can share with you wisdom, but wisdom is the path to wisdom is laden with suffering and difficulty and trial and uncertainty. And how you process these things brings wisdom into your life. So as I am sharing with you, I turned 53 years old this year and I have 53 years of wisdom and most of it, most of the wisdom that I have has come through some really tough times. Um, And I would search for wisdom. How do I get through this? I would get advice from people and they would share their wisdom with me. But the real wisdom that I'm able to pour into you doesn't come with 
from what someone just said to me, but it's from what I've had to experience. And the Bible tells us in 1 Kings 18 and 1, how long will you hesitate between two opinions? That's really what uncertainty is. You have this opportunity and that opportunity, and you're not sure what to do. You're uncertain of what to do. Or either you have the now and the future. There's always two things going on at the same time when you are uncertain. And decision-making is perhaps perhaps one of the most difficult but definitive aspects of life. It's difficult, but it defines you. When you make a decision to do something, it defines you. It now becomes a part of the direction and the course of your life. And I can tell you making decisions is certainly probably for me one of the most challenging things because there's always a weighing of what should I do, what should I not do. This looks good, but there's also the pros and the cons. Um, But in life, most people expect us to be unwaveringly decisive. And, and, And especially in leadership, people are looking to you to be unwaveringly decisive. Um, And we can appear that way. And a lot of times leaders do appear that way, but no one sees the, that unseen battle of uncertainty that rages inside. And, you know, unfortunately being in positions of leadership, people demand immediate answers to all of their, their compounded issues that literally have taken years to create, but we're expected to give them answers right now. But they've spent a lifetime building up this this pursuit of certainty. Like, I need you to be certain with me. I need you to tell me what to do. I need you to tell me what to go, where to go. And you know, leaders, let me just tell you right now, you need to be comfortable with uncertainty because you're going to deal with it and have it more often than you'd like. There's going to be times when you know you have to make a decision and you are not sure what to do and you're feeling the pressure of people telling you what to do. Could you see Moses? The people were ready to stone him and he was at an impasse and he needed a miracle from God. And God opened up the Red Sea and he was able to cross through. You're going to have those moments where people have been building up years and years of searching for answers and certainty and they're going to expect you to give them something immediately that took them forever to get to. And I want to encourage you Um, that there is hope in these moments and these times of uncertainty. You know, I want to encourage you right now, never make a decision out of stress or anxiety. Um, But there's going to be a time for action. There's going to be a time when duty calls. And at some point, you know, all the bullet points have been discussed and someone like has to pull the trigger and that person probably is you. You know, there's going to come do or die moments, sink or swim moments. And there's going to be moments when you can no longer hold back this moment of inevitability. You're going to have to make a decision at some point. And, you know, I, someone told me one time, Tony, when you make a decision, sometimes you have to just decide to put a bow on it and do it, give it, reach out for it, launch out, 
release that product, release that book, release that song, release that message. You know, there's going to be a thousand different things you could have done better. And you'll find out as you go later on, you'll look back and go, man, I wish I would have added this to that decision and done this and done that. But there's just going to be some times when you're going to have to be decisive. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I've, I've advised numerous people over the years who were standing at the cliff's edge and they're peering out into this darkness. Um, in fact, the decision-making process is where I spend most of my time coaching people these days. I see people that are on the verge of, Tony, I just need to spend an hour or two with you this next month. I need you to help me. I'm in the middle of a decision. I don't know what to do. Can you give me some advice? Can you help me? It seems to just be just like one of those major things that I'm jumping into the, the fire with people and trying to help them make decisions. So I want to share with you four simple thoughts that I've just adopted over the years that have helped me deal with uncertainty, knowing that there's coming a moment when I have to make a jump. And I want to take that word jump and make it an acronym, J-U-M-P. Each one of those letters stands for a principle or uh, is the first letter of a phrase that helps me to, to deal with uncertainty. Each one of those letters represents a, an aspect of dealing with uncertainty, and the word is jump. And those four things have been real to me. I haven't just, I haven't just made this up to be cute or clever. I said before that I use these points all the time when making decisions that I'm uncertain of but that I know that it's do or die. It's time to make a decision. So I want to share that with you now. So let's take the jump. All right. So the word jump stands for juggle, unction, mission, and peace. Let me say that again. Juggle, unction, mission, and peace. So when we're taking the jump, when we're, when we're dealing with uncertainty, the letter J means to juggle. Everybody juggles with uncertainty and decisions and possibilities and opportunities and doors and pathways and options. And when you juggle, when you're juggling, it's everything is up in the air. It's all spinning around. You don't know which one to grab onto. You know, you're tossing this up in the air and then you hold that for a second. Then you toss it up in the air and then you hold this one and you're, you're looking and, and they're different colored balls. One's a blue one, a red one, a yellow one, a green one, an orange one. And they're just going all over the place and they all look good. You hold on to them. This job looks good. That job looks good. That place looks good. That opportunity looks good. Maybe I should stay. Maybe I should go. Maybe, um, you know, I need to, uh, take this financial venture. Maybe it's a risk. Maybe there's, you know, we like predictability. So we look at that predictability ball. This one looks more, uh, you know, predictable, but this one has more risk, but the, the rewards would be greater. Which one do I take? What, you know, do I marry this person? Do I not marry this person? And at some point in the decision-making process in uncertainty, we're juggling, And that's a big part of it. And you're juggling and you have to juggle because you have to weigh the options, the pros and cons. You've, you've reviewed all the possible outcomes a thousand different times. You've counted the cost and you know, you've calculated the risks and you've consulted your advisors and you've 
conferred with your friends and family and still you're not sure. This is agonizing. This is the agonizing part. But you know, when you're embracing uncertainty, you need to embrace the juggle because it's just part of it. So, so rather than stress out and be anxious, because you know, when you're anxious and you're stressful over decisions, you literally hamper your own mind. You only, you actually hinder your own mind to do critical thinking. So when you're juggling, relax and just tell yourself, you know what? This is okay. I got to do this. I got to be uncertain. I got to ask questions. I got to talk to people. I got to call this person three or four more times. And, you know, and I, I got to ask the same questions over and over and over again. That's part of it. And, you know, to be a good juggler, you've got to focus on the one red ball. And, you know, sometimes when you're juggling things, sometimes you'll notice that one thing that keeps sticking out more than the rest. And, and when you're getting ready to move, we're going to talk about moving to the letter U because we go from juggling J to the U in the word jump. This is a progressive journey that we're making from the J to the P. All right. So just bear with me for a minute. So at some point we got to stop juggling. And when do we do that? Well, when you're juggling, you look at that one ball that keeps coming back around. It's that nagging possibility that just keeps popping up in your thoughts and discussions. It's, it's like a never ending circus act, but at the same time, you've got focus on something that keeps coming back around. And many times I'll be honest with you. When I was certain of God's will, the enemy Satan would present a decoy, something, you know, comparable and maybe, maybe even possibly more attractive to distract me from the obvious. But I got to tell you, at some point, the juggling is going to have to stop because that one red ball keeps coming back around. And you deep down really know what you have to do. Let me give you an example. About 20 years ago, uh, my wife and I were in the throes of making a decision to move to Washington, D.C. to take a staff position at a church. And it just felt like a no-brainer, but I was still juggling. Do I stay in my hometown? Do I, do I, you know, and, 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 and as I was doing that and going through that process, one of the reasons why I wouldn't consider this job in, in DC, because it was a large church, it was much, much larger from where I was coming from. I was in a church of 120 at the time, and I got a call from a pastor on staff saying he'd received my name through a recommendation and they wanted me to come and and go through an interview and hand in a resume. And then he started going straight into their church, very quickly giving me the spiel. We're about a church of 4,500 people. We're in the heart of DC and our church embraces and, and, and represents 60 different nations of the world, attend our church. And we're in a very, very busy metropolis. And I was living in a very small coal mining town at the time. And it was a, it was just supernatural, even how I got this opportunity and how the door opened, but there was something about it that attracted me, but I was afraid to send my resume and I was afraid to, to step out and be bold and take the opportunity. And, uh, my, my wife said, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. I'll think about it. About six weeks later, I get a call from the church saying, Hey, where's your resume? How come you're not sending us anything? And I'd already dismissed it, but it kept popping back up no matter how 
how much I tried to avoid it, it kept coming back up. And my wife said, Tony, you're letting fear keep you back from even exploring the idea. And when she said that, I grabbed onto the red ball, okay? Because it had kept coming around over and over again in my mind, even though I was afraid to do it, didn't want to do it, thought there would be a better opportunity. And the decoy that came along was the pastor on staff in the small town that I was in started offering me a more substantial part-time slash full-time opportunity. Um, But I was teaching school at the time. I was losing my voice. I hated being in the field of education every day. It just wasn't what I was called to do. But I thought, you know, here I have this opportunity to be uh, more full-time in this church that I'm in and in the small town. And, And I kept juggling it all, but that red ball kept coming back around. And I knew when my wife said, Tony, you're letting fear keep you back from exploring the possibility of this. I knew that it was time to stop juggling. And so I started making more of an effort to hold on to the red ball. And and when she said that at some point, and it was God ordained, God used her to speak into my life and to address the fear, and to arrest me right on the spot. Tony, you are letting fear keep you from exploring the possibilities of going to D.C. and taking this position. And it's something you've prayed for for years. You you felt like God was calling you to more, and here's the more, but you're still juggling because you're afraid. And so in the midst of juggling, not only did I see their possibility, but I knew why I was juggling because I was afraid to let all the other balls fall and grab onto the red ball. And that's when you know, and God will let you know. You need to let him know. This is what you need to pray. God, when should I let the other balls fall and grab the one thing? And you kind of already know what it is. Some of you listening to me right now, you know where that red ball is. You know what it is. And I think it's just time that you move from the phase of juggling to the next part of the word jump in our principles of embracing uncertainty. Hey guys, I want to just take the next 60 seconds halfway into this episode to thank you for following me and joining me on this journey of living the 360 life, discovering how to have peace and joy in every area of your life. And if you haven't done it yet, I want to remind you that we have one episode left in season one. And before we conclude, just want to invite you to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a generous review, and then share it with one or two other people in your circle of relationships that could benefit from what you've been uh, listening to this past 34 weeks. Wow, almost nine months uh, plus of content coming your way. Excited about season two beginning in January. And so let's jump back into the second half of this episode, and then I'll come back at the end with some closing comments. Again, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I'm excited about what is ahead. So let's get back into it. All right, the letter U means unction. And an unction is basically an underlying intuition or a feeling that you have about someone or something or some aspect of of life. And and at this point, when when you feel the unction, it's time to quit consulting everybody. 
because you know what you have to do now. You've spent enough time juggling. You've juggled and you've juggled and you juggled. It's time to make a decision. I remember one time <laughs> on the way to uh, go look at cars. My wife and I were going to buy our first new car together. And uh, I had a car was used. She had a car that she had bought when she was in college before we got married. And, and we were going to go buy our first car. And uh, we got in the car to go to some of the car dealerships. And as soon as we got in the car, the car started breaking down. I mean, it was just, you know, and I looked at her and I said, we're not going to check out cars. We are going to buy a car. She was like, what? What? I thought we were just going to go look. I said, honey, we've been looking at cars for the past three to six months. We, we, we know the prices. We know where they are. It, we're just going to have to go buy a car today. We have no choice. See, that's, and, and at the time, at the time we drove there, I knew the whole way the car was breaking down and it basically puttered out in the, in the, in the, in the car lot. So there was no choice. We were buying a car. And so here's what I'm telling you about unction. An unction is something you feel deep down. You know, it's time. There is not any more reconsidering to juggle. Um, you know what you have to do here. You don't need more boldness. You just need obedience. God is speaking to you. And he's telling you to do something. He's been telling you to do it. And you've been hearing whispers and you go and you're, you're, you're trying to be rational and wise. But really what you're doing, you're giving into the fear of what it might mean to let the other balls go away and let the other good opportunities that may come from some of those decisions. You're making a decision. You're just putting a bow on it and you're doing it. It's time at this stage. It's time to commit. No more discussions. No more turning back. Do not go back and start juggling again. You know, because no matter how long you've been juggling, that gnawing feeling in your gut isn't going anywhere. It's it's there to stay. So you just have to settle on it once and for all. You gotta you gotta cast all caution to the wind and prepare to move. You gotta at this point you have to resist giving into your misgivings. Let me say that again. You have to resist giving into your misgivings because it's an endless cycle of frustration. Do not go back to juggling. Hold on to that unction. And, I, and, and when you're uncertain about something, but you know it's the thing, it doesn't mean you're not going to be uncertain about it. it. It means that you're going to move ahead with uncertainty. And I would just say, choose the uncertainty of what's in front of you over the certainty of what's behind you. More juggling. Choose that uncertainty. Brave the future. Cast your, cast your chips in on the great adventure. It's going to be some turns and some hills and some pits and some obstacles and adversity and some uncertainty and it's scary and you don't know what to do. Choose the uncertainty of what's in front of you over the certainty of what's behind you. More juggling. You've analyzed way too long. And I want to tell you and encourage you, don't just face the challenge. Take the challenge. It's time to make a move or you'll just give yourself another silly reason not to do it. Whatever that it is. Again, I'm not defining that for you today because those of you who are listening to this podcast, I guarantee a high percentage of you right now are in the midst of uncertainty and you're about to make a decision, but you're afraid. So you're going back to juggling. Hold on to the unction you have and face the uncertainty and just jump. Just do it. 
Move from juggling to the unction and hold on to that unction, which is going to lead you to the next part of making the jump, the letter M. The letter M means mission. That's the third aspect of making the jump. M is mission. Now that you have this unction, the bottom line, you can focus on the mission and processing the details of your next steps. Here's an example. So when I was making this decision to go to Washington, D.C. to take this this staff position at a church there, um, we had spent about a month juggling, my wife and I. And I, I already knew in my mind what it was, but I was still juggling. And I went on my first trip to D.C. without her to explore it, to ask questions, to take the interview, to check it out. When I got back, the first thing my wife says, what do you think? And I said, yeah, it feels like a no-brainer. I think we're going to do it. But I'm still so uncertain. So we juggled for about the next two to three weeks. Well, the fourth week of that month that we took there to kind of get ourselves in decision-making mode, we both took a trip to D.C. together. And... They took us both out. They talked to both of us. They showed us around the area. They took us through a tour of the church. We met some of the staff members. It was a really great night, our first night. But I remember the next morning, they said, we would really like to have an answer for you the ne- from you the next morning. All right, this is the moment of truth, people. And I'm in my room where, you know, I can't get any sleep. The night gets later. She finally falls asleep. I'm staying up late, kind of tossing things around. Finally get to sleep. I wake up out of a dead sleep at 4 o'clock in the morning. I get my Bible. I go to sit at the desk at the end of the bed. I got my feet propped up on the bed. I got my Bible in my lap. I don't even have a scripture in my mind. I think that this is just, I'm in I'm in listening position. <laughs> I'm, I'm deep in prayer. It's 4 in the morning. I got my Bible open. I got my ears open. And I felt like just totally blank, like nothing. I couldn't think of anything. I had no thoughts at all. I felt like a moment of just dead space, blackness, (laughs) blackety black is in my brain. My wife sits up in the middle of the dark at 4.30 in the morning and she says, what do you think we're supposed to do? I looked her right in the eye and what came out of my mouth was this. I think we should do it. Actually, what I said was, I think we're supposed to do it. As soon as I said that, everything ended. I mean, all juggling, all uncertainty. I mean, the, it, was, it was like everything went off. And what I just said to you a few minutes ago, once you know the bottom line, you can start focusing on the mission and processing the details of your next step. You know what our conversation was that morning as we got up and got ourselves ready to go into the pastor's office for the final interview? We started talking about what houses we could possibly live in, what area of town, how much money we had to put down on a house or an apartment or, you know, and and we just started talking next steps, mission-minded. We weren't 
indecision-minded anymore. We were mission-minded. We started talking details about where we were going to go, what we were going to do. We're going to take the job. We're going to move. We were started talking about, you know, letting the the kids this do this. And we were going to have the kids go through this and we were going to get them ready for this. And, you know, we, we needed to make sure that they had a good programs for the kid at the kids at the church. And everything that we were thinking and talking about was what was coming next. No more going back. Now, this doesn't mean once you get to this point in the in the word jump, the mission part of it, it doesn't make navigating the specific easier, but it does make things clearer. And I think at this point, clarity is what you need. Clarity, not how, not exactly what I'm going to do, but what I'm not going to do. No more talking about the past. We're not going back to West Virginia. We're not going back to the, the church that we're at. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to resign. You're going to resign. We are making and see. So once you have the mission, once you have the, you, you know what it is you're going to do, then you can just cut off everything else and start getting excited and talking about the future. All right. You know, clarity doesn't mean slim simplicity. People think I just need it to be simple and easy and clear. No, 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 no. Clarity means, you know, that you have to do it. And it doesn't mean that it's not going to be challenging and there's not going to be some complications involved in the process. But once you resign to what's next, it will naturally propel you forward. That's that's powerful. If you can just get from what do I do to now I know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know exactly all the hows. I don't know all the details of it. You know, again, it doesn't make navigating things easier. It just makes things clearer. I can make better decisions when I know what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, it's, it's in this phase that your purpose will come into sharper focus. And, and you also have to guard yourself against fear. Don't let fear lure you back to juggling. You've, you've done that already. You've been there and you know, it's gotten you nowhere. So focus forward. God won't always tell you exactly what to do, but trust me, he'll help you to figure it out as you go. Isaiah 30 and 21 says, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk you in it. But I like the, I like the fact that it says you'll hear a voice behind you because what the Lord is asking you to do is step out with a little bit of faith, not necessarily hearing the voice in front of you saying, come, but he's saying, you take the step and you'll hear the voice behind you. Okay, so, you know, I, I, I take this example of Peter getting out of the boat. I don't think that that Peter didn't think that Jesus could help him walk on the water. I think Peter didn't think he could walk on the water. And so sometimes you have to step out, out of your own desire to see yourself take the challenge. All right. And I think at this stage, when you're in your mission, God has your full attention now. Okay, it's like, God, I know what I'm supposed to do. So now I'm really listening to you. Like, help me make the best decisions moving forward because every fiber of your spirit will be on high alert. You won't need an alarm clock to wake you up in the morning when you start fulfilling the purposes of God. It will make you wake up in the morning. Just like that morning I woke up at four o'clock. I knew, you know what? I, 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 I've got something that's ahead of me and I know I'm supposed to do it and I'm uncertain about it, but I'm doing it. And, and your every fiber of your being is on high alert. Because your every thought, whether you're waking or sleeping, will be set on where God is leading you. And, and I assure you, it won't be back to juggling. 
And the final letter of our acronym, the letter P, so we've talked about juggling, unction, and mission, J-U-M. The last letter, the, the letter P, is peace. All right? Now, why is it the last letter? Because most people like to say, I, if God, you just got to give me a peace before I make this decision. You know, and I don't think that's always going to happen. In fact, I think more than often it's not going to happen. God's not going to give you a peace before you make a decision because if God gives you this perfect peace about making a decision and all the chips are laid out and you know everything that's going to happen and you've got the exact amount of money that's coming out and you 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 know everything falls right into place then there's no faith involved you see it all and you're you're walking by sight not by faith the bible says we walk by faith not by sight so you you're not always going to get a peace before you make a decision. You know, many people pray, oh God, give me a peace before taking the big leap. But true peace comes only through full obedience and full obedience is usually by faith. You're, you're, you're making a lot of decisions in the mix, the little decisions and the big decisions, you're making them with a sense of, okay, God, here we go. I'm just jumping. Peace, you know, we've we've heard many times, peace isn't the absence of fear. You're doing it afraid. But true peace is having the presence of God in the midst of those fears that you have. Because you can expect some dangers, some detours, some some delays, some discouragement along the way. But God promises to be with you. And I just want to tell you the time for waiting on God is over. God is actually waiting on you. What are you going to do? I think sometimes God says, so what are you going to do? <laughs> I, what, what do you do? I'm excited about this. What, what decision are you going to make? God knows it, but just, just hear me out. I'm being creative with this right now. I'm taking a little bit of liberty because it's my podcast. All right, I can say it. God is waiting on you. He's like, come on, you know what, I, you know what to do, man. I'm waiting on you. And, and, and you know, no decision of any value is pain proof. You're trying to make a painless decision. Come on, guys. When you step out to do something big for God, there's going to be some pain involved. You're going to hurt people who are at home. They don't want you to go. Don't leave us. Please don't go. There's going to be some pain and discomfort in your own life. You're going to, you're, you know, even your family's going to feel the pain of it. If your family is having to swallow the will of God by your decision, that's part of the pain. You're uprooting your kids and their school and they're just, all that's going on. You may, you may experience the pain of some financial setback in the beginning because God doesn't always call you to greener grass. Sometimes God calls you to a desert. Sometimes God calls you to less money. Sometimes God calls you to less people in your church. Sometimes God calls you to less prestige. And, and maybe going into some obscurity, people think, well, man, the next decision, I'm going to be more popular and famous and well-known and more exposure and more money and more success. No, sir. Guys, I come from the school that when God calls you, he's sovereign. He'll take you where he wants to go. And it doesn't sometimes look like what we think the next level is. Sometimes the next level is completely different than what you expected. You know? No decision of any value is pain-proof. But I can tell you the pain of indecision is far more costly than the pain of obedience. You're going you're gonna to go through some obedience pain, growing pain. But you don't want to have the pain of regret or the pain of, man, I should have obeyed God. I should have stepped out when he told me I should. 
because obeying God requires a leap of faith. And if God revealed every detail, it wouldn't require trusting him. So I want to encourage you as you're looking out into the unknown, don't ignore that pain in your gut. Pay attention to it. It's telling you something, guys. Once once you've made your decision, you got to own it. And if you run into difficulties, and you will, God will give you grace when you get there. So just go. The future beckons. Jump already, will you? Hey, guys, one quick thing before we jump on out of here today. Listen, if you haven't already done it, subscribe to this podcast. Share it with one or two other people who need to hear what you heard today. They need encouragement and inspiration, especially in times like these. And then leave us a five-star review, man. Come on, just do it. Just write out what you think. Give us a five-star review. It helps us build this platform to share more great content and help others discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. Hey, man, thanks for listening today. And until next time, we'll see you.